Hello, my name is Kristen and I am obsessed with all things play-based and child-led learning. Truly obsessed. I am here to help you navigate the messy and the magical on your journey to a play-based program. It is truly magical on the other side and I want you to feel each day what I feel when I walk into my classroom. I am the homeschool mama to four. I'm the founder of a play and nature-based preschool and forest school and I am here to cheer you on. I'm ready. Are you ready? Let's get going. Social and emotional support. This is one of my favorite topics to jam on. Social and emotional support is my redo term for classroom management. Classroom management always leaves such a negative connotation in my brain. Classroom management or behavior management suggests that the adults are in need of managing or controlling the emotions and the behaviors of the children, and I don't like that at all. If we look at the definition of um, behavior from the Webster Dictionary, it be, the definition is the way in which someone conducts oneself or behaves. And then their example underneath that, the second one is the children were rewarded for good behavior. That is in the dictionary. And it's just this societal view that children need to be always have good behavior. But how can they have good behavior if we don't teach them what those behavior expectations are? And we do that through social and emotional coaching, social and emotional support. The definition of management, so behavior, management, the definition of management is the process of dealing with or controlling things or people. That comes straight from the dictionary. I don't want to just deal with the kids. I don't want to control the children. I want to be there to support them. And Wikipedia, if you type in behavior management, it Wikipedia says that behavior management includes all of the actions and conscious inactions to enhance the probability people individually and in groups choose behaviors which are personally fulfilling, productive, and socially acceptable. Behavior management can be accomplished through modeling, rewards, or punishment. That is what we've got in Wikipedia. Socially acceptable, rewards, punishment, rah, it's, it's angering to me. Why, why adults feel that we need to control all aspects of a child's life? If we are striving to control, we are totally missing out on valuable teaching and learning opportunities to help them grow into a world where they will, they're going to eventually need to think for themselves and take responsibility for their actions. So we need to spend time if, if we spend time with tactics like coercion or manipulation, punishments, rewards in the classroom and in our programs, instead of doing the work of social and emotional support, because it is work, it is work, then the children are just another pawn in our industrial education system. And I don't want that for the kids in our world, in our communities, in our programs. I don't. So instead of all of that coercion and manipulation to control their behaviors and to get them to be socially acceptable human beings, we first need to be coaches for these children. 
We need to be supporters of their social and emotional journey. We need to be social and emotional facilitators. So we look at what the definition of a facilitator is from the Webster's Dictionary. It's to make easier slash to help bring about. That is what we want to be. We want their interactions to become easier over time. We want their recovery from big emotions to become easier over time. We want to help bring about the understanding of how to interact with others and how to solve problems with others and how to talk with other people. We do this by giving children the words to say. We do this by modeling. We do this by making this a huge focus in our time with the children, especially at the beginning of the school year or when the children first starts with or the child first starts in our program with us. Or if you're a parent, you do this from the get-go. We have to spend time facilitating the conflicts that happen in the classroom. We don't want to we don't want to control it. We want to navigate it with them. Another analogy that I really like to use um, to help people better understand this, or even parents, I mean, you've heard the term helicopter parenting, where you're just a loud presence over your children all the time, trying to control and coerce and manipulate them in their behaviors. We want to be hummingbird parents or hummingbird teachers. We want to be a quiet little presence, flutter in when needed, flutter out when needed. We don't want to be a loud, overbearing presence to control these children. We need to be a hummingbird to better facilitate their learning in the social and emotional realm of early childhood. So I'm going to give you a few examples of kind of what I would do in a couple different situations. Um, I think at the beginning of a school year, we, I just know this from my classroom that we spend, that is what our main focus is. Our main focus is obviously providing that environment for the children and providing experiences for them to discover and inquire and ask questions and play. But we also know we are very heavily needed for that social and emotional support because many of these children have not had the opportunity for long, unstructured time in a setting like ours. So we know that there's going to be conflict. We know that there's going to be big emotions. And we know that many times parents haven't used the same words or modeled the same things or the children haven't had the opportunity to have these interactions with peers without adults swooping in to control the situation. So it's generally a new thing for many children to be able to learn and have control over their own emotions and their own time and how they spend their time and who they spend their time with. And so along with that comes Lots of social and emotional support. So we just know from the get-go that when we start a new school year and a whole bunch of new kiddos are coming in, that that is what we are going to spend the majority of our time in the classroom doing. We are on our toes. So this this first example would be um, kind of modeling through or working through some conflict with two kids who have both just started in the program and maybe, and I know um, that maybe they're going to need some more support. So. Uh, Sophie has about eight train cars and she's pushing them along a wooden train track. Shelly comes along and she tries to take the last 
train car from Sophie's train. Sophie yells at her to give it back. Shelly screams, no, and hides it under her legs. So I see this whole thing from the sidelines. I see it happening, and I know because of the relationships I have started to build with the children, that they are both going to need support through this situation. So I walk over and I sit on the floor next to them and I say, Sophie, were you done with the train? And Sophie tells me, no, that Shelly took her train and won't give it back. I say, Sophie, tell Shelly how that made you feel. Sophie says, really mad. I look to Shelly and I say, look at Sophie's face. She looks angry. When you took the train, it made her mad. Doesn't seem like she was done with the train car yet. I'd like for you to give the train back to Sophie and then you can ask Sophie, can I have a turn when you are all done? So that's somewhat what I would, that's not somewhat what I would say. That is what I would do. That is what I would say. It's always different in every situation. I generally don't have a script that I follow. I like to, one, make sure that I'm down at their level. I, I like to point out emotions somewhere in the conversation. Like, look at her face. She looks mad. I like to give them words to say to each other. I like to make sure that I know what happened in the situation. So those are kind of the things that I like to make sure I accomplish through my interactions with them is know what the situation, like what happened, point out emotions, and then help them with a solution, help them with words to say. So with that scenario, I fluttered around on the outside of the play area and when I heard raised voices, I immediately like tuned my ears in to decide if I was gonna step in or not. Knowing which students I was dealing with, I decided I needed to step in because of where they are social and emotionally at that point in the school year. So I got down to their level, identified the problem, pointed out the feelings and offered a solution while modeling words to say. Okay, so the next scene, same kids. This is mid-March. Um, the children are very comfortable in the program and they've been in my classroom for six months now. So I know them very well and I know where each of them are on their social and emotional learning journey. All right, so here's the scene. Sophie has all of the magnet tiles, and she's building a super tall tower. Shelly comes along, and she sees the tall tower. Sophie immediately sees her close, and she asks Shelly at her. She asks Shelly to get away. So my ears perk up, and I hummingbird in. Shelly runs around Sophie as she is standing there, as Sophie's building that very fragile tower. I mean, you all know magnet tiles. They're like, like, bump it and they all fall. So I can tell that Sophie is super nervous and <laughs> that Shelly will totally knock over her tower with one wrong move. I'm on alert, but I'm letting things happen to see if they're capable of working this out because I have, I know these kids and I know that they're, that they are learning and we've done a lot of social and emotional support. So I hear Sophie say, when you're running with your arms out like that, you might knock over my tower. Shelly stops and looks at her, turns around, and runs the other way. Hmm. I mean, that could end totally differently. That could end with, like, Shelly reaching out with a foot and knocking the whole thing over. And sometimes that does happen. And then you go back to the, oh, how did that make you feel? And look at her. She's mad. She worked hard on that. How, and then help, help them walk through a solution, how they could, how they could have a solution. Can Shelly help rebuild the tower that Sophia was building? So from all of the months 
of spending time coaching children gently and respectfully through these conflict and big feelings and emotions, they were able to grow and handle that situation on their own. So the teacher then becomes the facilitator on the sideline. And that is like the magic. When you feel like you're not doing anything, that's when you know you have done your job. That's when you know that you have provided all of that time, all that coaching through all of those problems, all of those big feelings, all of those conflicts. You know that you have done your job well when you feel like you don't even have a place anymore, when they don't need you anymore. <laughs> it's a, It happens. It does. It really does if you haven't felt it. It's a really eerie feeling. It's like, wow, they're all so engaged and they're solving their own problems. And like, it's it's an eerie feeling. Like, I don't know what I should be doing right now. Am I not doing enough? Am I doing too much? Like, what's going on here? So you know you've done your job well when you aren't needed as much. So the secret to social and emotional support and to growing these beings with a solid social and emotional background is those relationships. It always comes back to the relationships and then time in free play. We need to build relationships so we know where each child is at in their development, of course, and we need to give them time to play so they can have the opportunity to have conflicts and sort things out with their peers. They need that time. We want conflict and big emotions because those are all such valuable learning experiences. We don't want to manipulate and control because then we are robbing them of that precious time to practice being social and practice being emotional. So instead of behavior management, be a facilitator of some social and emotional support. In your classroom, it, it becomes such a peaceful place as you grow and as you learn and as you keep reflecting on those conversations and that support that you're giving children. Hey, I need you to do me a huge, 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 huge favor. If you liked listening and you want to be able to hear more, can you please go on to iTunes and leave me a five-star review? I would so appreciate it. And then connect with me on Instagram. It's learning.wild. We'll see you around.